What's up, what's happening? Welcome to episode five of the Yankshaft F1 podcast. Group of American dudes who like watching other dudes drive really, really fast. Joining me as always from the nation's capital, we've got Johnny Gomes. How's it going, folks? And from an undisclosed location in the Midwest, Ian. Hello, everyone. How are you? Let's get right into it. La- on last week's pod, I was talking about uh, talking about Portugal, and I said it was one of those races decided on strategy, and it wasn't even exciting strategy. It was just tire management and yada, yada, yada. This week, Spanish Grand Prix, I felt like it was another race decided on strategy, but it was a little more of that exciting strategy where there was some drama up until lap 60 when Hamilton passed, uh, passed Max. It wasn't, it wasn't 100% in the bag. I mean, we all knew what was going to happen, but um, it, was, it, was, it was a little bit, little bit more of that exciting strategic race. Um, so I was, uh, I was, I was kind of pleasantly surprised. It wasn't the most exciting race in the world, but what are you going to do? Um, what, uh, what were you guys' takeaway watching this week? Yeah, I didn't think it was a bad race. Um, I was, I would, I was still always want to see better. Um, you know, I want to see safety cars. I want to see passing. Um, we had a little bit of that. Um, it wasn't as bad as Portugal. I don't think it was as bad as people were really predicting it was going to be. Um, if you were a fan of time trials and a lot of interesting strategies you like this week, but I could see where it probably isn't everyone's cup of tea. And again, if you're waking up at, you know, eight o'clock, seven o'clock, nine o'clock on a Sunday morning, you probably want to see a little bit more exciting if you're an American fan for this. Well, I'm back on the Eastern time zone now, so it's, it's, it's all good for me, Johnny, but you're also on the Eastern time zone. Yeah, how, it's, it's it not so brutal. I wake up early anyways, but, but yeah, I think, I think Ian hit the nail on the head. We, we as fans, we want to see something a little more exciting than, than what we've been getting these past couple of races. But I think that was to be expected with all these new rule changes. And, and, you know, this is what the, the formula one governing body wanted in, in a sense. So I think it's going to be some more to come you know this race was a little bit of a snooze fest but uh i, I honestly don't think it's going to be as bad as as the, the race coming up in a couple weeks but we'll get to that later yeah i think i i think i used the term snoozer or snooze fest four times when talking about portugal so i'm going to try to stay away from that one um but getting into just buzzword. the brief recap um first turn max verstappen gets a better start passes lewis hamilton um, Charles Leclerc also gets a great start passes Valdery Bottas. Um, we get into the first round of pit stops, like around laps, like 25 through 30. Um, Max is still in the lead up until that point. Um, and then fast forward to lap 43 and Mercedes decides to pit Lewis Hamilton again and get him some fresher medium tires. Um, so he had 23 laps, 22 laps, basically to catch Max Verstappen from 20 plus seconds behind. And it was never in doubt. Uh, the first two laps after that pit stop, Hamilton was going purple sector, purple sector, purple sector, and you just and was a second and a half quicker than Max every lap, and you, we just knew it was over. I think that not to interrupt, but what was so impressive was that that is incredibly again we say this every week, but that was an incredibly, incredibly difficult and amazing drive by Lewis Hamilton, and it's just kind of become the. Oh yeah, Lewis Hamilton's gonna pit with 20-ish laps to go, down 20 seconds, and he's gonna run away with this race. And I don't think there was anybody watching that didn't expect that to happen. And it's just incredible that this happens week in and week out. No, that yeah, was, was I mean, yeah, that was basically the the end of the recap there. So so Johnny, sorry to, to I was just gonna there. say there's no one else on the planet that 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 could have pulled that off in that situation. 
No, I, I, I don't think so. And I had, there were multiple people I was talking to during the race that, that are, are relatively new to formula one that, that were basically saying, Oh my God, that why are they pitting him again? Like this, this is, this is crazy. What are they doing? And it's like, just wait. I think, yeah. uh, our buddy Stecklin, uh, he had bet on Max for uh, Max for Stappen to win. And then he doubled down in the middle of the race. God's got in his favor and I and I said to him uh, and this is basically verbatim I was like yo if you put a gun to my head and made me live bet this was like a round lap 30 I'd bet on Lewis Hamilton like I wasn't sure it was gonna happen at that point it was before they'd even pitted him again but I was like I I feel like he's gonna find a way to pull this out and uh and he certainly did and that's a nice segue into our uh driver of the day Ian who you got I mean how can you not pick Lewis Hamilton I mean this is gonna be this is going to be a theme now for weeks. It has been for years, but that was madly impressive by Lewis Hamilton. It was incredible. He, it was a great strategy by Mercedes execu- executed to perfection. Like it's, it's Lewis Hamilton's driver of the day. Not, there's not even a, I can't even think of another one who I could remotely pick after Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, it wasn't a, nobody really had an exceptional day. It was, it was not, I think I said, by the end of last week's pod, I was really excited for the midfield battle and it was kind of a stinker. <laughs> Notice I didn't say snooze fest, but it was, yeah. And, and, and I don't think it was helped because I had the, I had the pit lane channel on one, one TV and the, the main broadcast on the other TV, but they didn't show anything in the midfield all day. No, like, at all. No, it was. I think we. I think we only got shots of Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas, and maybe Leclerc here and there. I want to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, George. For example, was George Russell was running eleventh towards the end of the race, which would have been fantastic for Williams. He did end up getting passed and finishing later, but that was a a major development. He was. I mean, he was being held up by those couple. He was holding up to other cars, but that didn't even get discussed for. Yeah a long time on the main broadcast. And I, like, I, there's I so totally much more than just Hamilton it, winning at the top. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I get why they do it. Um, Cause that's, that's largely where everyone, this is largely the thing that everyone cared about was Hamilton and, and Verstappen. And as long as they could draw that drama out, the longer people are going to be, be tuned in. Um, but it, it wasn't until Hamilton passed him and the result was in doubt. And then once Hamilton was passed in the lead, then they started showing going to some midfield battles for the last five laps of the race. And I was like, okay, like, again, I get it. This is why I, you know, pay my hard earned money for the pit lane channel, but even the pit lane channel wasn't really showing that many midfield battles. That's a discussion for another time though. Johnny driver of the day. So I, I want to give it to a bit of an underdog. I want to give it to Sergio Perez who started the day in eighth and fought his way through traffic all day long to, to work his way up to fifth place. Uh, I want to give it to Danny Ricardo, who seems to have turned a corner these past couple races. Uh, he was giving Perez a run for his money there. They had a nice little duel going. But again, I have to give it to Lewis Hamilton. Uh, just what he does race in, race out is so impressive. It's it's hard to argue with the results. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And as for the sake of not wanting to give it to all three of us giving it to Lewis Hamilton. I guess we could throw the uh, the honorable mention to uh, Toto Wolf and the Mercedes Mercedes crew there, Ian. Yeah. Um, but it, I'll give I'll give I'll give my drive of the day to to Charles Leclerc for basically doing the same thing as Lewis Hamilton, but in fourth place. Like, got out to a great start, passed uh, 
passed um, Valerie Bott's ass and gotten to third and kind of held him off for a while. If it wasn't for that safety car, it could have that could have that actually did end up kind of changing the trajectory trajectory of the race simply because Charles Claire was keeping Valerie Bottas at bay up until that point. Yep. He was pushing Bottas, or Bottas was getting 20 seconds behind the leaders, and I think it could have been a completely different race. And then we got we got the yellow flags, and uh, and Bottas got right back up into the mix, and we saw how Mercedes having two drivers up at the front affect was you know affected their ability to kind of manipulate their uh, their strategy and, and take an easy dub there at the end of the day. Um, so it was without that yellow flag, Leclerc, that Leclerc getting that early pass on Bottas could have been a, a big, big thing, but basically Leclerc, another masterclass in qualifying to take fourth place and held his own, took, took fourth in the race. Mercedes pitted Bottas late to get him fresh tires and he got past Leclerc easily, but you know, Leclerc fourth place in Ferrari and it, it, it doesn't even feel noteworthy anymore. I just wanted to give him a quick shout out since you guys were both on Hamilton and that was obviously my, my first choice. No. And I think that's, that's a very good point with Leclerc is that he's um, he's really started to qualify very strongly. And I, I think that when you, I, I feel like when you qualify top five and you finish top five, that's what you should be doing. Um, but for a guy like Leclerc, where he's probably, again, we don't, we all are kind of in agreement that Ferrari still doesn't, is not quite where they want to be with their car. Um, so, so him just continuing to finish high, finishing points, uh, you know, really solidifying himself as a driver one, even though we knew that he was coming in. Um, you know, he, I mean, he, he's having a, a quietly a pretty damn good season for Charles Leclerc. Really good season. And not just Leclerc, I think furthermore, Ferrari as a whole this week, that um, the, that race weekend for the Spanish GP looked faster as a team than, than McLaren did for the first time this season, mm. which is really, really good to see from a fan's perspective. You know, I, I think there's a five-point gap in the Constructors' Champion through these first um, four races between Ferrari and McLaren. And I think that's what we all, we all want to see more of that. Yeah, I think bo- both uh, McLaren and Ferrari basically – fighting for double points every week. They're both expecting to be there. Last week we saw, you know, signs slip out, slip out into 11th. Ricardo got into uh, a ninth, I believe, last week, and in Portugal, that is. Um, so it's just, kind of, yeah, they're both of them fighting, fighting for, you know, we've got Lando going, Lando and Charles fighting for top fives, and then we've got Ricardo and Signs, both new drivers, um, you know, kind of fighting to, to get in the points there. It's been, it's been a really interesting battle there in the midfield um, between McLaren and Ferrari. Um, Lando kind of a, a, a disappointing week only by the standard that he's managed to set for himself already this season. It's kind of like if, you know, if Charles Leclerc finishes eighth place, you know, oh, okay. That, that car finishing eighth place, there's nothing crazy about it, but we almost expect better, better from that driver to this point. Ian, I know you've been high on, on Lando and McLaren. Do, how do you feel? Yeah, I think it was a race where I, I'm come to, and similar to Leclerc, where I, I've come to expect him to finish, you know, finish very high. And this, and this is the first time where we had Ricardo finish above him, which is great for Ricardo. Um, Norris didn't really have that bad of a race. I mean, he got eighth place. Um, we know that McLaren's not gonna, he's not, he's not gonna be a consistent podium guy just because of the car he's in. Um, I want to see a little bit more, but I mean. It, these races are going to happen where he's not going to finish top five every single race. I don't think it was that bad of a week for him. I think he'll rebound at Monaco. I think he'll finish better than eighth. Um, so not a great week for Lando Norris, but not like, but if anyone's panicking or freaking out, it's way, way, way too early. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes we forget that 
that Lando is still only 21 years old. And, and a lot of times he, he gets through just off his talent alone and he's still, he still has so much to learn. And, and yeah, I don't think there's any reason to hit the panic button on Lando after uh, this past race. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're 21 years old and you're in a, in a, a firm midfield team and we're talking about eighth place is your off week. I think you're, you're, you're doing something right. Very solid. Agreed. Yeah. And let's um just kind of briefly get into while we're on McLaren there. Uh, Daniel Ricardo, good race. I, it, it's it, it's nice to see him um, finish in front of Lando. As weird as that sounds to say, um, to just just kind of let let us know that that he's here and he belongs. And this you know this uh, this battle should be there. And they do have two drivers that that hope to be scoring big points each week or significant points each week. We kind of got got you know, not spoiled, but with Lando just kind of outclassing him for the first three races easily. Uh, I think a lot of people started to kind of question whether whether Ricardo was was cut out for it or not. Um, so it, it's it's encouraging for McLaren to see to see one week where Ricardo finishes ahead of Lando again, as weird as that sounds to say. No, definitely. I mean, you want it's only going to make Lando better if you have a guy on who's going to constantly push it. And I think Ricardo Ricardo clearly has that ability to do that. Um, and just with McLaren, I mean, they're, you're not trying to beat Mercedes. You're probably not even trying to beat Red Bull. I mean, McLaren's kind of top competition is Ferrari. I mean, if you can just – if they finish better than Ferrari, if they, if they can finish the Chargers Championship, that is yeah. phenomenal season for McLaren. Clear, yeah, best of the rest is, is I think, their, their – Absolutely. One of the teams that is challenging uh, Mercedes, the only team that's challenging Mercedes – is Red Bull and be remiss if I didn't bring up here. But let's let's get into um, Sergio Perez in that second Red Bull seat. Um, while while we're on it, um, the fact that Mercedes had two cars up at the top allowed them the ability to strategize the way they wanted to and take another race. And for as much as we've loved watching Checo in that car, I can't help but feel that like if they had just stuck like some random undeserving driver because Checo deserves that seat but if they had stuck a random undeserving driver in that same seat and he'd been putting up the same results that we'd be calling him out for it because he's not up there fighting with the Mercedes like we like we wanted him to and like we expected to and part of that is is you know unfair because he's new to the new to the car still getting used to it but are, are either of you guys kind of out on Checo in that second seat, or do you think that the second seat Red Bull curse is on, or how are we feeling? I think it's still too early for uh, to really pound on Checo. And I know Red Bull is notorious for immediately trying to get rid of their drivers as quickly as they get them in. Um, so I'm not ready to give up on Checo yet, but it is like I, I bring him up all the time because I think he's a great driver and we see what he can do in somebody else's car. But, I mean, if you had George Russell as the second seat in – that Red Bull team, I mean, would he really have – would Checo have that would, – would their numbers really be that different? I mean, or Alex Albin or Pierre Gasly? I mean, I, I it's almost like that – That I, I don't think – I know that those, those cars are the same, but it just feels, man, like Max's car is just better than no matter whoever they put in there week in and week out. And part of that's Max, but also I think it's just part of it is, I mean, there's clearly a number one Red Bull they support. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, you've 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 got him as your your driver of the day a couple times here. What's you know, but in my opinion, he's he's 
he's not quite up to the level that they want him to be at. How are you yeah, feeling? Yeah, I'm not fully out on Checo Perez yet, but I find myself consistently wanting to see more from him. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't think McCle- um, Red Bull's seeing the fruits of, of the labor that they, that they want to see from that second seat. Um, he put up about as much defense as a wet paper towel when he was yeah. fighting off you know, the two Mercedes when Max was, was, you know, trying to work his way back up. And, and I, you could argue that he should have finished fourth in a faster car. He was outclassed by, by Leclerc and, and almost even lost that fifth spot to, to Ricardo, who was, who was right behind him. So, yeah. Um, you know, I don't have a foot in the door or anything, but I'm definitely starting to reach for the door handle to, to walk out on Checo Perez. Yeah, I think that uh, that second Red Bull seat is uh, is starting to look uh, kind of as as cursed as everyone has uh, has always said it said it said it's been there. Um, and I I'm not out on Checo yet, but um, it if if one of these races he could just qualify top five and 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 finish top five. I mean, I know he he's done that recently, but still, just we need a second Red Bull driver consistently up there in the up there in the hunt, so that Mercedes can't keep keep winning on strategy like this. Let's get a Monaco like Verstappen one, Checo two, and just shake up everybody. And let's just get that. That's what we need. That's what the sport needs, what the fan needs. Just give us something that's not just like this continues Mercedes dominance because it's just, I just foresee continues Mercedes dominance unless somebody can challenge him. And man, I hope Checo can help Verstappen just give, give, give him anything, basically. Yeah, we've seen, I mean, I don't think anyone would argue that that the Red Bull and we're we're basing this on Max Verstappen, but that the Red Bull is as fast as the Mercedes right now. I won't really give either one the edge. We've gone back and forth, but I think the two cars look look pretty equal, right? Like I don't think anyone would argue with that. And yet, if you told me that it was going to be a Hamilton Bottas one-two finish any given week, I would be fine with that. That would make total sense to me. If you told me there was going to be a Verstappen Checo one-two. Eyebrows are being raised. Yes, literally. There's, I, I, I don't see that. There's any way that that happens. So, Red Bull, I think, still has some work to do to, uh, to catch up if they really want to take this fight to Mercedes, like they've been trying to do here, um, basically since Danny Rick left. Yeah. Johnny, you kind of touched on a, on a battle with the Alpines there. Um, pretty. I mean, pretty solid week from them. I guess the the car lo- has been looking better the last few weeks. I know they've been bringing some uh, some some upgrade packages um, each week. So um, Ocon looked looked pretty good. Qualified fifth, just out of his mind. Um, finished yep. ninth, and I won't really hold that against him because you know that the car is not that good yet. Um, it was a, a tough battle there between like five and ten. Um, Fernando Alonso again was in the points until very late and then got passed by everybody except for Schumacher and Mazepin and Yuki Sonoda who wasn't in the race anymore. Um, but overall, I think the Alpine is, it, it's showing some, some signs of improvement there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. Um, I think slowly, but steadily that they're starting to improve their pace and, and they did so in, and in Barcelona and qualifying though, it didn't really translate into the race. They went with the, the bold risky one-stop strategy and it seemed to work for Ocon who was certainly impressive, but, but yeah, Alonzo, he was already losing position and then he made contact there towards the end of the race and just dropped like a sack of stones. 
Yeah, it was, it was brutal. Yeah, I'm not as high on Alpine this week as you guys are. I'm kind of actually surprised to hear that. I thought Alpine was kind of, I don't want to say bad, but they were not good. Um, results weren't good. Results weren't good. Yes, Ocon qualified fifth, and that's, yeah, that, yeah that's great. That's awesome. Um, finishing ninth, you know, that's fine. Like, in that car, where that's about where I expect him to finish, just a good week for him. But, man, Alonso was rough. He was very rough this week. He looked slow. He had problems. He hit people. The strategy was bad. It was just a whatever they did with Alonzo this week, scrap it, burn it. Do not copy it going forward at all. Move on. Get this week. Fernando Alonzo is – he was – like you said, he finished just ahead of the Haases and a DNF Sonoda. I don't know how you can – any way you can look Brutal. at that in Alpine and think that that's even remotely anything close to a good week. But their their start to the season was so bad that it's like if they're showing good pace, that's almost enough at this point. Like because they weren't they weren't scoring points early on. So at least now the pace seems to be there. It's It seems like there are some other problems that can more easily be taken care of um, they're dealing with. Speaking of issues – that need to be taken care of. Alpha Tauri. There, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, we're four races into the season, and there's been four glaring errors by by Alpha Tauri between leaving Gasly out on the wets, Yuki having the the power failure this week, Gasly uh, losing his front wing and in, in bar right. Like it's. It's every week. It's not that the car looks bad. It's just it's hard to get a read on this team right now because they're they're screwing up every week. Like, do we do we is is now the time to buy in on Alpha Tauri, but buy low? Like they they got they can't they can't keep doing this, right? If you're looking for a team that you're trying to buy low on, I think it's Alpha Tauri. However, they're with they just like I don't even want to say they shoot themselves in the foot. They just like. They just don't come to, they, they don't even, I, I can't even think of a metaphor for how just dumb they can be sometimes because, and it's frustrating because they have potential and I think they really do have two good drivers, but they just do this dumb stuff every single week. And whether it's like this week where Yuki has issues where he feels like his team is not living up to the standards, then he apologizes and his car dies. It's like, well, dude, I mean, what's he supposed to do there? And he, I mean, he's a rookie. He's still, he's, he's growing through his growing pains. Maybe this is going to happen, but they got, I, I just don't know what's going on with Alpha Tower. And I want them, I want them just to have a clean week and drive well and see what their true potential really is. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating to watch Alpha Tari because the, the, they've show signs of promise, but when things go wrong for them, things go horribly wrong for them, whether it be the car or the strategy or now, as we've seen this uh, pass race turmoil within the team, maybe, um, you know, Sunita feels slighted in a sense that he may not be getting the same treatment as, as his teammate. And uh, yeah, I just don't, it's hard to, it's like, it's like you said, Curtis, it's hard to get a feel for this team where they are currently. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to continue to buy low on Alpha Tari. I tried it last week. It obviously did, did not work, but one of these weeks, they they're, they're going to come around there. There's too much talent, and their cars aren't that bad. Like, yeah, there's cars look great in preseason. 
they really do. And like they they have, like I said, they have two good drivers. They they have a smart team. They just they've had just bad, bad luck and just bad decisions. And there's gonna be a race this year where they somehow figure it out and put it together. And you're like, oh my God, Sunoda was top eight, Gasly was top five. Where has this been all season long? Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh before we get into before we get into uh the, the next race. I think I think we should devote a little bit of time to the Ian's Nikita Mazepin hate of the week. We had uh, Toto Wolf jumping on the uh, on the radio, which we don't often get to the FIA complaining about Nikita Mazepin blocking them and and complaining that he might lose a pace. Another blue flag incident for Nikita Mazepin, everyone's favorite back of the pack driver. Ian, hit us with your Mazepin rant. We've actually got the ultimate spin zone this week is that Mazepin is doing what he can to slow down Lewis Hamilton. And you know what? If I, I'm here He's the hero it. we need. He is the hero. He is Nikita Mazepin is going from chaotic evil to somehow lawful good because this dude, I am so excited for Monaco or Monaco in two weeks from now, when work when nobody can pass, he's two laps back, <laughs> and he's and he's six laps oh behind everybody else, and Lewis Hamilton is freaking out because he can't get around Nikita slow mess, and it's gonna be ridiculous. Nikita Mazepin using the whole track at the chicane. <laughs> Just nowhere to go by. In the last two weeks, he's had a blue flag incident with the Red Bulls and the Mercedes. Like, it's incredible. Just going like, full Monaco drift. Like, it's like it's going to be like part of me is worried that he's going to just, it's, we're going to see whatever the hot gambling tip of the week is, whatever the bet is for him to crash, double down because it's going to happen. I, I completely agree. Last, last notes here. Nobody chime in unless you have a hot take here. I just need to say them so that we, you know, dot our I's and cross our T's. But sound bites. Uh, We're all looking our sound bites the, out there. Aston Martin, eleventh, started eleventh and thirteenth, finished eleventh and thirteenth. Nothing notable. And Kimi Raikkonen started seventeenth, pushed his way up to twelfth. Thought he could have scored in the points, didn't quite get there. That's it. Just want to give those things a quick shout out, but I have nothing more to say. It's been the same conversation about Aston Martin every week. I don't think second, there's second straight race, second straight race with uh, finishes outside of the points for them. Uh, two's a pattern, three's a trend. I think um, we'll wait till Monaco to see see how how I feel about them, but but yeah, not looking good. Haven't brought right. them up. Haven't brought them up yet, but I thought Williams was. I thought Williams had some good positives take away from this race. I mean, I know the 14th and 16th isn't going to blow anybody away, but like I I said, Russell was holding, Russell was holding his own there for a second. He kind of fell off towards the end, but he was right back in 11th. I mean, Latifi Latifi beat an Alpine. Latifi beat an Alpine. And that probably says a lot more about Alpine than it does about Latifi, but Hey, you know, it's, and and Latifi managed to beat both, uh, both Hasses this week, which didn't happen last week. So no, that is true on the up and up. He's, everything's coming up Latifi um, and Williams. I, yeah, they, I, I thought they, again, not a great week, but I thought there were some, you, with a team like that, you're just looking for, you're never, you're never looking for moral victories, but you're looking for some good positives you can take away. And I thought there were some things that you could take away from this week and be, and feel proud about it if you're a Williams or God forbid a Williams. <laughs> I agree. De- definitely, definitely worth a shout out. 
So without further ado, let's get into our, our little brief Monaco preview here uh, coming up in two weeks, uh, weekend of the, the 20th through the 20, 23rd, I guess. Um, you know, tight track, much like we've seen the last two weeks. Not a lot of passing is going to go on. So my take this whole time has been if Lewis Hamilton is the only driver in the field that can win without starting on pole, because I think he's so good at managing tires that there might be some crazy strategy where he can end up overtaking someone simply on managing his tires and getting on a better strategy. Anyone else, you, you basically need to be on pole um, to, to, to take the, take the win there. Um, and and I, I mean, we'll get into We'll go bold predictions after, but just, let's just jump right into it. Uh, pole race winner. Ferrici, Ian, who, who you got going into Monaco? I'll also just say, so glad to have Monaco back on the schedule. Fantastic. Yes, it's a great race. It's a fun race. We're going to see lots of celebrities. Um, people need to know our Formula One fans are just going to be there showing up. It's a party. Like, I'm too poor to go, but maybe some of one you, day, if, ever, one day. if you ever get a chance to go. Yank Nash, come on, yeah. su- support us. Get us, get Yank us to Monaco Nash. 2022. Um, Unfortunately, I have to be I have to be lame again, and I have to double ham. Um, man's on a man's on a just on a, just crushing it right now. He's going to qualify first. He's as long as I mean I, I I kid about it, but the only way he doesn't win this race is if Nikita Matt Ben crashes into him on a blue flag. Like it's which, it's, which is extremely possible. It's it's in the cards. Which before the season started, I would have said is just completely out of the realm of possibility. But now is not that crazy if you think about it. But no, I think I have to go double Hamilton. Um, he's just driving too good right now. Hey, it worked for you last week, Johnny. What you got? Johnny's mic does not seem to be working. I have muted myself. Apparently, apologies. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, so the last time we 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 got to watch Monica, we saw Sebastian Vettel take a podium. Uh, oh, how things have changed. <laughs> the <then>. turntables, <laughs> etc. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't expect to see a Ferrari anywhere near a podium. Uh, for this race, I've got um. The man's too hot not to take right now. I'm going to roll with Lewis Hamilton, pole race winner i don't see anyone getting past him if he manages to take that first qualifying spot which is is more likely than not at this point saturday is the saturday is the race and hamilton you know 100 poles now i saw somewhere you could you could put a a loop of all of his pole qualifying laps on and it would take two hours yeah i think you get through them you can count the number of constructors who have a hundred poles on one yeah. hand. So it's, it's absolute insanity. I was gonna, I came into this podcast prepared to fully go double ham. Um, but now that both of you have done it, I'm sticking to my double max guns. I'm going to go until forget the hat. I'm going double max until it works. I'm doubling down. Maybe this is the week. Yeah. Go for it. Ian. sorry. I said, no, maybe, I mean, maybe this is the week. Um, if it, whoever we he's if he's not qualifying if he's not on the pole he ain't gonna win but it's a tight race it's tough tough to pass yeah fingers, Monica, fingers crossed Monica's Formula One's equivalent to a cold rainy night in Stoke so <laughs> exactly you, you never know what could happen that's a fantastic comparison yeah it's it's I mean it's 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 more for the spectacle than than anything else but again after a year off so glad to be able to to see it again. I think, you know, 
It's just it, if Max can pull out a great lap and then Red Bull can manage to strategize the race right, I could I could see that happening. Um, do we have any bold any bold predictions for as far as the midfield goes for for who we might? I mean, you know, we we know Ricardo really loves this track. That was kind of going to be mine. Is Danny Rick maybe maybe pulling a top five? Um, is there is there anybody else kind of in the field that we think is going to? You know, we haven't really seen seen a lot from these these guys and since we missed the, the track last year it's so unique i'm gonna go with a bold prediction i'm gonna say that charles Leclerc grabs a podium i didn't want to say it but you know i was hoping for it i'm as the yeah. resident ferrari uh, fan i, I can't i, say I think I, I think he's not going to be second but I, I think that third place is, is calling his name this week johnny you got anything for us yeah, I'll go a step further, and I think I think we'll see an AlphaTauri sniffing a podium this race. Uh, Pierre Pierre Gasly. Speaking to people who like Monaco, Pierre Gasly finished fifth in 2019. Given he did qualify fifth, he didn't really move uh, up or down the, the, the grid at all. But but uh, he was he able he was able to fend off the the rest of the pack. We know that car has pace. Again, if they can if they can qualify in a decent spot and and get through the race. It's it's not but, out of the realm possibility. Like I said, with the with how hard it is to pass there and how good they've been qualifying, I mean, yeah, it's we laugh, but I mean, it's it's not it's not it's not a racist thing, but we'll see. All right, that's all that's all I got for you. Anything else from you guys? Just enjoy Monaco. It's one of the most famous races. Um, it's probably gonna be a little boring here and there. We'll probably get a sweet crash or two. It's a really good race. It's on a Saturday. Bring your friends. Bring your moms. Bring your mom's friends. Have a good time. Yeah, happy happy uh, belated Mother's Day for me in there. Yeah, I'm I'm throwing on uh, I'm throwing on my my flamingo button down, putting on some sunglasses, getting some daiquiris ready. It's gonna it's gonna be a whole event. So we'll uh, we'll catch you guys after after Monaco. Peace.